Welcome to yet another episode of When a Guy Has a Really Fucked Gender. As always, I'm your host, Jolene, and I have with me today my friend Medway. Medway, would you like to say hello to the audience? Hi, hello, audience. Um, I uh, wouldn't say I have a particularly fucked up gender, but I'm I'm excited to be here um, and talk about sex and faggotry and all that yeah. other stuff. I think it was in the in the T for T episode. Beatrice said that all women have fucked genders, and so right about that. Um, yeah, she was so right, and that's going to be my excuse ad infinitum for all of the trans women I talk to because most of us are pretty normal. But um, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe we shouldn't say we're normal, right? Like, is that is that something <laughs> i i am the most normal woman who's ever lived um yeah and you know if people hate on that then that's their problem okay well let's let's talk about how did you become a woman right oh gosh how how does anyone become a woman this right. is this is the question. I started I, reading the second sex yesterday and I didn't get very far. So I don't I don't know the answer yet, but Yeah, I mean it's really one of the biggest questions of our society. But personally, I became a woman um through much much trial and tribulation from my time as as a little tiny faggot. Um because I I always was like, from the time I was really young, people were like, oh, he's gay. You know? Um, uh, I, I was one of those. Um, which, like, I don't know, it's kind of weird, right? Because there is this whole, like, sort of gender expectation that we grow up with that's, you know, that, like, all all young boys, you know, have to, to some extent where, you know, there's this, this script for how a boy is supposed to be and how he's supposed to become a man. Um, but then there's also this other script where, you know, especially I think in, in more, I guess, like liberal families, like the one I came from, um, once you start to notice that your little boy is not super into the soccer tournaments that you put him into, that, you know, he actually just sits down on, on the field and picks dandelions. Uh, <laughs> um, that, that awakened some memories for me. Fuck. <laughs> like, it, that's something that we all went through, I feel like. Oh my I, goodness. But, ah! <laughs> yeah, for my first few Halloweens, like I was also like a ladybug and a butterflies, and like that was, that was I I blame my mom for that. Like she she set me up for this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I you know I was always a little little effeminate boy, and um, people always expected me to grow up to be a gay man, um, which is kind of weird when you know you're eight years old and you don't really know what that means like I you know like I didn't know 
what it was to be gay or straight. And when I pictured my future, you know, as like a six-year-old little boy, I was like, oh, well, I guess, you know, like most people, I'm going to grow up and marry a woman and have children. Um, which as I started to get, you know, a few more years into my my little childhood, I started to realize that that probably wasn't in my future. Um, but I guess like, you know, there's just always this expectation that, well, my, my mother always tried she she was supportive. She never tried to, you know, I guess. She, she was okay with me being a gay boy, mm-hmm. as I guess I will say. But um, there was always th- sort of this undercurrent of, you know, well, try not to to laugh in that certain way that's, you know, too, too high-pitched, too effeminate. Right. Um, from the time I'm like, you know, like six years old. Um, right. he was actually telling me, you know, try to speak in a deeper voice, try to laugh in a deeper way, you know, and because if you don't, then some macho dude is going to come along and punch your lights out. Um, and, and that right. is a quote, um, from when I was, yeah, probably like six or seven. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh. conflicting sort of impulses yeah. mother I guess and I it's not that she was trying to be you know trying to like suppress my effeminacy but it was more so just that I think it was it came from a desire for me to be safe but it also I mean it wasn't very healthy um and probably not a great thing to say to your little seven-year-old um but you know, I the, the the point is that you know I was always a little gay boy, and I always got along better with girls, and most of my friends were girls, and you know, all of that, um, which is you know not something that I like attach any sort of value judgment to. It's just a fact of my life. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so you know, I. I would I I started to think about you know to to think consciously about gender and sexuality I don't know I guess in like grade 7 grade 8 um so I guess it would have been like 12 13 something like that um and I do actually on um, <laughs> I guess I, I'm I'm going into the speech that I gave the the therapist when I was trying to convince her to give me hormones, but <laughs> I, I I kind of have this this like core memory of when I was like 12 years old and I was thinking you know, gosh it would be so nice to be a girl I would love to be a girl, um but then I had this thought of, but that's just not possible. Um, I, I grew up in um, Saskatchewan, which is, um, for, for those not in the know, it's one of the Canadian prairie provinces. Um, and there are two cities, and both of them are less than like 400,000 people. So that that's sort of the environment I grew up in. Um, 
and you didn't really see a lot of trans people, at least not that I was aware of. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just had this conscious thought of, you know, well, that's not possible, so I should just put it out of my mind. Um, and that's what I did. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I ended up embracing sort of, you know, being a gay boy. Um, I, you know, came out to all my friends and classmates and whatever as gay. You know, came out in quotation marks, because of course everyone already knew. <laughs> but um, how, how, how old were you when that happened? Uh, probably like 13. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you were starting to have, I, I'm sorry, I'm just like curious because I'm thinking about yeah. sort of the... Um, like I, I'm curious about like right like when you kind of have that switch from like you know as a small child when it's all kind of like remote to you imagining like oh I'm gonna grow up and be kind of like you know like my parents like I'm going to sort of have this like nuclear family structure like mm-hmm. you said you're going to like have a wife or whatever and then you sort of like kind of begin to enter puberty and you start you know realizing like I guess, like, the part of that it, that is, like, sexual and romantic desire. And you were already sort of, like, having this kind of expectation placed on you that you would sort of, like, I don't know, I guess I'm just kind of curious about, like, the experience of yeah awaken, awakening to that and then sort of, like, finding what it sounds like is, like, a confirmation of, like, what everyone else kind of already knew, which is that, like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, do like, I do like men. Well, like and, and like, the thing is, like, I do, I do come from, like, a fairly, like, you know, liberal family. Um, yeah. I myself am now, you know, a, a revolutionary Marxist, which my family doesn't particularly love, but they don't really argue with me about it. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I came from this liberal family, and my, I actually have, um, my, one of my great uncles is is gay, um, and he was named my, my godfather, um, somewhat prophetically, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, because within a few years, they were like, oh, yeah, he's going to be like you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, like, it, it was the sort of thing where, like, I didn't really understand necessarily what it was to be a gay man but I did have like gay men in my life um not necessarily who I was close to I was I've, I've never been particularly close with my my godfather actually I haven't spoken to him in years but um and my, my my mom also had like you know gay friends um and so it's it's sort of the thing where like there was this model for how I could be a man um, but I actually, I remember I, when I was in, in like grade seven, I first like started to identify as bisexual, um, cause I, you know, it was the sort of thing, like I wasn't straight, but I wasn't yet ready to embrace being gay because I had also been bullied quite a bit. It actually changed schools three times due to bullying. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad. Like, especially, like, I, I guess I spent my first few years of school, like, up through grade 
like three in Toronto, um, mm-hmm. which you know like is a, is a much bigger city um, than Regina in Saskatchewan, which is where I moved to, um, in in grade three, and the bullying just was honestly insane. Um, and there were kids like I mean, they're in grade three, and I remember there was this one kid who would routinely call me like a he she a she male um and i guess he was more right than he knew <laughs> but but it's it's curious actually cuz it wasn't usually like kids calling me gay or kids calling me like a faggot they did also call me gay um but it was usually like the sort of he she she male type of of slur instead which was an interesting choice, I guess. Um, but it was also something that, like, I didn't understand what that meant. I just understood that he and these other kids were... That it didn't... was, like, meant to be bad. This was a bad yeah. thing. Well, and I understood that it had something to do with, like, not being like all the other boys. Because I knew I wasn't like all the other boys. I thought boys were really strange, honestly. Uh, you know, like these rambunctious, physical little, you know, creatures. Um, well, I was, you know, much more of like a prissy. Right. Um, you know, you know. Um, but yeah, it was it was just something that like I didn't really understand what that meant, but I did understand that they were challenging my claim to being a boy. Um, and I didn't really know what to do with that. So, you know, but but eventually when I was, like, 13, I, I eventually started identifying as gay. And I came out to all my classmates and whatever. Um, and that was honestly fine. Like, actually, like, the bullying actually wasn't nearly as bad at that point in my life. It was much worse earlier. Um, yeah. But, um, I'm sorry, were you going to say something? No, I was just saying, okay, um, I, I guess continue, or where were you, where were yeah. you going? Um, yeah, so I guess, like, if if we want to talk about, like, this sort of conscious switch, I, I very much did lean into being a gay boy um, throughout high school. Well, until I had my gender crisis, but we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I, I very much leaned into being a gay boy. It was something that, it was sort of the first time that there was a script that I could adhere to that the other kids understood. Um, and, you know, and, and then, you know, boys in, in early high school would get weird over, you know, me having crushes on them or whatever. Um. But, you know, I always had these, you know, well, there, there were periods where I didn't really have much in the way of friends, honestly. But um, I was able to get along fairly well with the girls and, like, I was fine. Um, in, uh, in, in, like, grade 10 um, and, and, and then in the rest of high school, I guess, too, I was in the, the um, Gay Street Alliance. 
uh, school, we we ended up when I I became the president of my. Oh my God, I was also the president. I love my, that. Girl. Oh my God, we we for the listeners before this started, we had a conversation about like how much our uh, journeys have mirrored each other in some ways. Um, you can go back and listen to the Jolene episode, and then also listen to this episode to to see that. Um, I didn't really do much as president of the GSA. I think the main thing I tried to do was convince people to let us change our name to just Gay Club because everyone in it was gay, but Ooh. they wouldn't let us do that. Um, Our ours actually did. I, I was actually co-president with this straight girl who was like really hard, a really hardcore ally. It was kind of cute. Aww. Uh, we love yeah. it. We, we love it when the when the hags get started early. Yeah, no, it, it's it's cute. Um, I actually I renamed us to the Queer Straight Alliance because this was in like 2015 or whatever in in grade queer. 12 when you know queer was not the new gay. <laughs> not um, gay isn't happy. Queer isn't fuck you. No, exactly, exactly, right. <laughs> um, oh so I good. did actually I did actually put on a Trans Day of Remembrance event as president. Um, oh. Yeah, but 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 I'm I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because um, it was like early grade eleven, I guess I was like I don't know sixteen, seventeen, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and I was starting to think about gender. I was feeling, you know, something that I later realized was gender dysphoria, um, and. I, you know, and then suddenly I was hearing about trans people and it was curious to me because I, I hadn't really encountered trans people before, at least not that I was aware of. Um, and, you know, I mean, it was the sort of thing where, you know, the only, it was, it was the time when the only trans representation in media was as a bit of a joke, right? Um, right. And... So I sort of had this conception that there were men who became women, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what that meant or what it entailed. Um, but I, you know, I started to look more into it. I, you know, found information online, and I realized there was um, there was a trans organization in my city um, that. Uh, and this was this was in the fall, um, and uh, they were putting on a, a Trans Day of Remembrance event, and I decided to go um, because you know I'd been doing all this research, and I was you know an active member of the the Queer Straight Alliance, and um, you know I wanted to build connections, build community, um, and I was starting to think about you know whether I was a man or not, and then. I went to this event and I just like met all these lovely trans people of all ages, you know, people in their twenties, people in their sixties and everywhere in between. And I was able to see for the first time in my life, what it was to be transgender. Um, and it really appealed to me. <laughs> and so I started identifying as genderqueer. Um, 
And, you know, I later, I went between, you know, a few different labels, gender queer, gender fluid, um, eventually non-binary, but that, that was just sort of starting to become a thing. Um, and I, you know, I got more involved in going to like trans support groups and, um, the, the thing about vagina is that it's a very hostile environment to queer people. Incredibly mm-hmm. hostile. Um, but, but what that meant was just that, you know, trans people ended up having a very tight-knit community. Um, you know, there were organizations, um, there were events, there were support groups. Everyone sort of knew each other. Um, and, you know, it's like there's, like, one doctor in the Saskatchewan who sees, who, like, gets people on hormones and, like, you know. Um, yeah. It was, it was incredibly tight-knit. So I was able to sort of immerse myself. You know, it's like I, I go to school and I'm, you know, just a, a little gay boy. Um, and then after school, you know. I go to the trans support group or whatever, and um, and there I'm gender fluid, and I go by they them, um, and it was, yeah, it was just really like, I guess just helped me think about gender and like what my life could be in a way that I'd never really had the opportunity to before. Um, but then I, um, after high school, I ended up moving away um, to, to to the West Coast, to BC, um, where, where I, I still live uh, on the West Coast in, in the city of Victoria. Um, and I was expecting it to be much more, well, here's the thing is that it, it's, it is much more progressive here. But as a result, trans people haven't been forced to sort of, like, create a community. Right. Um, and so I ended up, you know, moving moving out here, and um, and I wanted to start hormones. Um, and so I started, you know, immediately after I moved here, I started pursuing hormones. This was six years ago now. Um, and... I completely lost touch with any kind of community. I guess there were things, you know, like I could have gone to the university, you know, queer group or whatever, but that's just that sort of thing just didn't really appeal to me. Um, I guess for 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 whatever reason. Um well frankly, what I was shocked by was just that like I in in, in Saskatchewan, I knew a bunch of trans women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, most of the trans women I knew were in that age bracket. Um, And then when I moved here, I didn't really encounter many trans people above like 30. Um, And when I, yeah, like, I don't know, I just, I didn't really encounter many trans people in in general, I guess. and so at the same time that I was pursuing hormones, which I, I had to see a therapist for a year before they would refer me to the endocrinologist. Um, and then when I 
did get referred to the endocrinologist. Which, um, there's one endocrinologist on this island that we live on um, who, like, deals with trans people. And she has gone on two separate extended leaves of absence with no notice um, in the past few years. And so actually a week before I was supposed to have my first appointment with her and start hormones, I got a call from her office telling me that she was going on a leave of absence. They didn't know when she would be back and they weren't referring me to anyone else. Um, and that was really devastating. But I, I ended up, you know, feeling very isolated and I essentially just detransitioned. Um, like I'd started socially transitioning as a teenager in Saskatchewan and I just completely detransitioned just, you know, I was a gay man. Um, a gay man who didn't have any sex. I was, I, I, I was a virgin, um, until a couple years ago, I guess. Like when I, like I, I, I only actually started having sex after I socially transitioned. Um, so I was a gay man who'd never had gay sex and never had a gay boyfriend. Um, because I, it was the kind of thing where I was, of course, you know, as far as any, everyone else was concerned, I was a gay man, but I knew that I wasn't. I knew that I wanted to transition and, and I started, I, I did during this time stop identifying as non-binary and started identifying as, as a trans woman. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really dark time, honestly. But um, eventually, after so t about two years after I started pursuing hormones, I finally got on them. Um, but then I was on hormones for about another two years before I socially transitioned, which I don't recommend. Um, it it was the kind of thing where I was I was waiting. I, I wanted to look more like a woman before I socially transitioned, right? But I didn't have any conception of what that meant to me. And so it was just the kind of thing where I perpetually put it off and put it off until COVID started. And then I had no more excuses. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of, you know, how I, I've gotten to this point. Um, now I, I have lots of trans friends. I live in, in a... I have... I, I live in a house with four other trans people. Um, we're all pretty good friends. It's, you know, I, I have a great life now, but um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. That's. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like a. I don't know. Yeah, um, a, a certainly not unfamiliar story i guess in so far as it's yeah yeah i don't know there, there's just a lot of it really is like you know the sort of like um the 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 logistical um the logistical stuff it's really uh it's fucking frustrating um it was really fucking hard yeah but, um, yeah, you know, and and then like knowing, but sort of having to, like, like I said, I sort of I I knew, but I had to sort of like triangulate all these different kind of social 
social circles and what I was ready for and what I what I wanted to do and um yeah 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 uh, I guess the, the 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 reason I invited you on has um a great deal to do with your your life as you currently live it and um the things you're the things you're you're doing now I guess this is sort of Mm -hmm. I, I said this at the beginning of the episode. I don't. I don't think I've said it yet. This episode is going to be kind of part of a block. I'm sort of doing. You know, I have my little like themed blocks mm -hmm. on. Um, I guess trans, feminine, heterosexuality. I'm throwing quote marks around all of that because I'm sure that we have fraught feelings about that. Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. But... <laughs> What are you doing currently? What are you, what's your, what, tell me about your sex life. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, this is my, my favorite topic of conversation, honestly, is my sex life. Well, maybe not my favorite, but, but one of my favorites. <laughs> I, yeah, like in terms of, I guess, heterosexuality, it's the kind of thing where I do identify with it, but I also don't. Um, I am like technically bisexual, but I'm 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 a non-practicing bisexual. I I exclusively fuck men, um, which like I don't know. It's fine. I could change it, but I don't have much desire to go out of my way. Um. Because I'm honestly having a lot of really great sex with a bunch of really nice guys um, who I have met on Grindr. Because <laughs> um, I, this, um, th this is the, the T for C episode, the, the transfer chaser uh, <laughs> um, story. Yeah. Um, I have several chasers um on the go right now and it kind of rules like i don't know when i when i tell people usually when i tell other trans women like oh yeah i just fuck a bunch of chasers they're like why like they're, they're like really confused um they you know tell me that they you know have lots of really bad experiences with chasers and a lot of you know biases against them which fair enough i have also had bad experience with chasers um but the, actually the longest term, like most stable, you know, relationship um, in, in heavy quotation marks, because it is and it isn't, um, the, 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 the most like long-term stable relationship I've had has been with this guy. Um, we've been sleeping together for over a year now. Um, we met on Grindr. Um, he has been, um, he's been fucking trans women for over a decade. For reference, I, I am 24, he is 39. Uh, most of the guys I sleep with are significantly older than me. Um, I, I do sleep with some guys in their 20s, but um, for, for the most part, I actually avoid them. Just because, frankly, older guys are usually better in bed. Uh, <laughs> but um you know 
yeah, like so so this this who I guess is like my my primary um sort of lover. Um he he's been fucking trans women for a decade and we've been sleeping together for over a year. Um easily the best sex of my life. Um because for a while I did try to like do the whole like straight dating app, like, you know, Bumble, Tinder, whatever. And that was fine, but like most of the guys on there just like, you know, have never dated or fucked a trans woman before, and they're kind of weird about it. And eventually I realized, like, if they just go on Grinder, like, yeah, there's a, a ton of shit to wade through, but at least the guys there are looking for trans women. Um, and they've probably slept with trans women before, and I won't have to explain everything about my body to them. They'll just already know. Um, and they'll know that they have to prep my asshole before they stick their dick in me. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of straight guys don't know that. God, uh, yeah. Um, but I, I'll, um, I also have. What do I have? I have a forty-six-year-old guy. Um, he's a dad, eight-year-old daughter. That's you know, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so seeing. I'm seeing a 25-year-old guy also. Um, actually, God, it was... I met him on Grinder, right? And I, I have this whole vetting thing where, you know, I I ask people, you know, what what's your experience with trans women? Blah, blah, blah. Because um, I don't want to, you know, I, it's just, it's important to vet people on Grinder. I've had lots of great experiences on Grinder, but mostly because I just filter out very heavily. Um, he, uh, oh, also, I, um, my grinder name is, uh, as of now, um, ES Peach Emoji for, um, Chaser Eggplant Emoji. Um, so, you know, I got lots of guys who are like, I'll chase you. And then some guys were like, what's a chaser? Um, and I'm like, if you're on here and you're messaging me, it's you. But, you know. <laughs> um, right. I, uh, you know, this guy asked me, you know, well, what do you mean by chaser? And he's like, you know, well, I'm bisexual. And so, you know, I just don't really, you know, worry about that. But something about trans women just hits different. And I'm like, Cool. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's so, what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, we we have sex, and as he is entering uh, my my asshole, um, he tells me, "Can I tell you a secret?" Um, I'm like, in in this moment, I am stoned. He has been giving me poppers to sniff. Um. And also, I am, you know, really into having my ass penetrated. Um, so I'm like, sure. <laughs> and, he, and he whispers in my ear, I'm a massive chaser. Um, I, I, I assume, was, was he also stoned? 
Yes, he was. Okay, yeah. But it was just one of the most funny. <laughs> like, I'm, and I'm like, okay. How do you want me to respond to this? You're like, you just dick and. Um, oh my goodness. We don't need to talk. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I do see him on an ongoing basis. So, you know, I, I guess it worked out for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so that's, that's sort of my existence. Um, but, you know, I there, there's a whole cast of characters, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, no, I mean, like, you, you, you say this, and this, I guess, strikes me as, like, a thing I never really considered, but it would, it makes a lot of sense, right, that, like, obviously, sort of, like, what these men, chasers, sort of experience of, like, a sort of trans woman's life is obviously very different than, like, a trans woman's actual life, insofar as, like, I mean, like, having this... <laughs> not really like understanding what is meant by chaser or not really understanding like um yeah i don't, I don't know i guess I'm, I'm like curious about i i i recall you telling this story like probably months ago of i think it was your primary uh your your primary lover this the one that you've said you've had this sort of like longest going relationship with saying like asking you some question about like um because you've had an orchiectomy right Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I had an orchiectomy. Um, it's actually, in a few days, it's going to be six months, which is exciting. Excellent. Yeah. I think you, you told some story about him just being like, I don't understand, like, why you would do that. Or I don't understand. Or I think he said something like, I don't understand, like, why you, plural, you guys, you girls do that. Yeah. Something like that. It's, well, it's interesting, right? Because, like, these men have, like, a, an interesting relationship to our genitals. Um, right. And I mean, like, completely seriously. Like, they... These guys really love dick. Okay? Yeah. We know that. Um, I, like, at one point with him, I, I brought up, you know, well, maybe I'll get a pussy someday. And he was like, oh, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> asking you but sure uh, it, it, you know it was kind of like a adjusting tone but you know um yeah it's they these guys like i don't know what it is because i don't really understand them that well but i also feel like Especially as my primary, like, partner, I, you know, we've had a lot of pretty deep conversations about, you know, sexuality and, and gender and, um, you know, and I, I, I like, I, I don't want to psychoanalyze them because I don't think that that's fair to sort of exclude them from that conversation, I guess. Um, yeah. You should interview a chaser on here. That would be fun. If you want to ask one of your one of your stable if they want to come on, I would love I, to talk to one of them. I totally would. Um, that would be hilarious. That would be really good. 
Yeah. Um, but like they they just really love Dick. And explain yeah. it. I mean, I really love Dick too. I can't lie. So yeah. I guess I got it. But yeah, like there's this sort of like, you know, they don't really un- they they have a very particular conception of trans women's lives in general and my life in particular. Um I think they all assume that I'm like uh, I'm a slut, but I think they all assume that I'm honestly much sluttier than I actually am. Um especially for the ones who I'm not like as close with, I guess. Um Because, like, there, there are some of them who, you know, they take me out on dates and, you know, we, like, go go out to dinner and we go to brunch and, you know, like, um, and it's a very, like, you know, sort of normative, I guess, like, heterosexual arrangement. Um, but then there are some of them who do not want to be seen in public with me, right? And I just, you know, I go to their house, we have sex, I leave. Um, which I honestly don't love as much, but your girl's horny, you know? <laughs> right. And, you know, th- those ones in particular, because they only ever encounter me in an explicitly sexual context, I think they think of me in, you know, as a purely sexual being with nothing else really going on. Um, which is funny, honestly. Um, because I'm like that—that that would be kind of nice, honestly, if I didn't have to worry about other shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, like the, I don't know—they just see trans women's lives in a very particular way, from a very particular perspective, and it's entirely focused on sex and having a penis. That they can touch and suck. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, that was, I've, I, my only interaction with cha- with a chaser was, um, and I remember actually talking to you about this because, like, a, f- a few months ago or something, you mentioned that you were talking to someone who had, like, an oddly similar, um, like, the same job, and it was, like, a, fairly specific job and i was like how many chasers are dog trainers um, yeah <laughs> for, for the record the one who told me that his his big secret was being a chaser thought that was the dog trainer <laughs> <laughs> well i mean this guy i remember so i i, I only talked to him on grinder i didn't meet up with him or anything i might have sent him some pics i can't remember um he was very polite. That was like my my overall impression. He was like exceedingly polite, but he also had absolutely like no. He could not flirt to save his life. He was like, I don't, I don't. Is 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 this an experience with you? Like, do chasers not have game? Is this like... yes? Okay, no. This is this is an actual thing. Um, I'm so glad you asked because. <laughs> I think there's some of these guys. I actually, I slept with a guy, like, I don't know, a month ago or something. Um, who, 
he obviously didn't have much as much experience with trans women. I think he'd only slept with one other trans woman. Um, but 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 they had like an ongoing thing. Um, but um, I you know asked him you know I kind of joked like you know do do you you know have much success with girls and he's like oh no I don't <laughs> I'm like oh. Oh. Um, like he's a really nice guy honestly a lot of these guys are like actually like really nice is the thing yeah um, i mean like i said this guy was this guy was very polite he yeah. the, the, the dog trainer he seemed to have he like referenced having had a lot of girlfriends in his past um both yeah. cis and trans and so i was like Okay, but, like, the thing that I remember, like, I was like, this man has no game, is he, uh, he was like, right, he told me he's a dog trainer, and I was like, oh, it's like, do you really love animals? And he was like, no, it's just a job. And I was like, that's, like, the most boring, re- that's, like, the most boring, no. I don't know, maybe I'm, like, no, maybe no. I'm, maybe I'm no. expecting too much. <laughs> no, I think you're right, because, honestly, every guy should know girls love a man who loves animals. Right? It's- it's a universal fact of the universe. Right? Um, like a man who works with animals and you don't understand that and know how to weaponize it. You just, just have no like, You're just like leaving it on the table, right? Like you have such a good tool in front of you and you no, don't exactly. know. No, exactly. Like you it. could you could play it up, you know? Like, right? Like let me come over and meet your dog or meet some of your dogs or No, exactly. Oh. We we didn't meet up because this was like in the depths of COVID. I don't even know why I still had Grinder on my phone. I like wasn't going. Oh to yeah, meet up I, with I in in the like deep depths of COVID, I definitely was on Grinder exclusively just to like pass the time and have fun. Yeah. Um, or like talking to people and not ever meeting up with them. Yeah. Because um, what but, else are you gonna do? You know. Yeah, I, I I guess that's probably it. He was he was. I mean, like yeah, I, I think I asked him at some point. I was like, what's like. I was like, yeah, like, what's, like, your deal? And he was just like, I don't, I like women, but sometimes I want to suck a dick. So, like, yeah, you know? Um, yeah, well, and, like, mm-hmm. I will say, like, all of the guys I've slept with, like, they've had cis girlfriends. They've, you know, slept with multiple cis women. Um, so, you know, it's clearly not that they're, like, incapable of sleeping with cis women or they don't want to um but i will say that some of them like like this one guy who i met up with um like he basically i got the impression that like he you know of course was like into the whole trans woman thing um but he also was like doing this because he didn't have other options. Um, which, you know, like, is, like, probably not great. Um, but it is it is true that, you know, a lot of trans women, frankly, are easier to sleep with than cis women, which, you know, we could talk about whether that's a good thing or not. Um, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know. What do you mean by that? What do you think of that? I think a lot of cis women are really prudish. Yeah. Um, Even the sluts are prudes, is the thing. 
And and for me, like I'm on grinder, right? Like I'm I'm a slut in a faggy way. Um and a lot of, I don't know, I mean, there, there are, of course, lots of, like, cishet women who are just sluts and really enjoy being sluts um, and don't want a relationship and, you know, just want to have lots of sex with lots of different dudes. Um, but I think that there's this overwhelming sort of hegemonic ideology among, like, cishet women that the goal of all this is to get a boyfriend and to be monogamous. and. I'm like, that's just so boring. I don't know. But I but I think that, like, frankly, a lot of trans women have really low self-esteem and are willing to lower their standards because um, they're horny. And there, there's a lot of cis women in that position, too. But I think... I mean, it, it's not controversial to say that there there is a crisis of self-esteem among trans women. Um, and one of yeah. the ways that we can validate our, women, our, our, our womanhood is by sleeping with men. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that's controversial at all. I think that's pretty... Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and and there are a lot of these guys who just take advantage of that. Um, and I guess I'm sort of feeding into that for them, but whatever. Well, I mean, I remember you mentioned at some point when we were, I think, talking prior to this that you had to have a moment where you were like, "Okay, I'm not, I'm not looking to turn any of these boys into my boyfriend," right? Like that was a. Yeah. Def- well, I like. That was, or that was, I guess, like a moment somewhere. Or I, I have to stop looking for a boyfriend and just look for this other kind it, of like relationship. Well, totally, because like my, my mother honestly was a big influence on on me, like early earlier on. Um, and she's very much like of a certain like. She's kind of a prude, um, and she told me, you know, like. She actually told me that I shouldn't have sex with someone until you've been on seven dates. Um, and it's going to sound ridiculous, but her reasoning is that seven is the Hindu number of understanding. Um, what? My, my mother is white, for what it's worth. Um, has no connection to Hinduism whatsoever. But, um, you know, she went on a, on a meditation retreat one time and they told her that. They told her that you should wait until the seventh date, or they told her Well, no, I I don't think they told her that. I think they just told her that seven is the number of understanding. And so she took that in some weird fucking direction to be like, well, you don't understand someone until you've been on seven dates with them, and then you can have sex. That's so weird. I I always thought that was stupid, but um, I did sort of have this conception that, like, you know, you want to... You, you you know you should want to to only have sex with people who who love and respect you um and that the only way that they'll love and respect you is by being in a relationship or moving towards a relationship um and so I would go on these dates with these guys and then I was just like really bored honestly um 
And frankly, I just... I'm... I have a high sex drive. <laughs> um, and I just really wanted to have sex. So I just, you know, I, I reached this point where I was like, you know what, maybe, like, I don't actually want a boyfriend. Because frankly, I have a really nice life. I have a great life. I have friends. I have a good job. And, you know, I have a, a good social life. And maybe I don't need a boyfriend. Um, but I do want to have a lot of sex. So... I guess I just sort of reached that point where I was like, I'm just going to go on grinder hookups and see where that takes me. Um, and it's funny because my, my, my like longest term lover, um, who I've been seeing for over a year was actually my first ever grinder hookup. Um, which is really funny that like it turned out so well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it was honestly really liberating um, to just stop worrying about what men want from me and just, like, sort of lean into being really hot and being desired. And, I mean, I hope also, like, prioritizing what you want from men right yeah or, or oh yeah of, totally yeah i don't I, know i yeah. guess like yeah i i i mean i love being desired but i do only sleep with men who give me orgasms <laughs> i i have been through a period of time in which i slept with men who did not give me orgasms and then I had to fucking reassure them that it was okay, that I didn't orgasm, and it doesn't reflect poorly on them. <laughs> um, and frankly, that fucking sucked. Um, yeah. So I, I did, it was also like, like when I was dating men before who didn't have much experience or sometimes any experience with trans women, I had to teach them all about my body. I had to teach them, you know, touch me here, touch me there. Um touch me in certain ways, you know, this is what feels best, that, you know, I had to teach them how to have anal, because, you know, a lot of them had never had anal before, if they had, they weren't very good at it, um, and they didn't realize, as I alluded to before, they didn't realize that you had to actually prep the asshole, and, like, finger it, and, you know, like, all these other things, um, before you just stick your dick in, and, I reached a point where I was like, I just want to sleep with people who already know how my body works and who know how to have good anal sex and who know how to make me feel good. Um, and it turns out that the people who know how to do that are people who have had a lot of sex with trans women. And guys who have had a lot of sex with trans women are usually chasers on grinder. You know, I, I, I wonder about sort of like the, um, I feel like this is going to get me in trouble somehow. Um, <laughs> Ooh, spicy. Well, no, like what I'm going to say is, right, like there's like a sort of like proximity to queerness, right? Um, oh, yeah. That is different if you're, you know, like men who are, you know, like who are straight, you know, in whatever, I guess, 
what I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know what we what we want to mean by straight, but they're they're straight insofar as they're dating, you know, like cis and trans women. But they are, you know, I guess, you know, in in. They're a little gay. Well, they're. I don't. I don't know if I would say that, but they're like in in a community. I was. With trans- Okay, maybe, no. maybe, maybe. I've, this is, this is, I'll, I'll put a pin. I do want us to come back to that question. Um, yeah. Because there's a sort of, um, and I, I have something I want to ask you because I, I think that your reaction will be, um, I think that it'll be, it'll be fun to shout about it for a little bit. Um, maybe. <laughs> yeah, sounds fun. But um, the, like, um, like it's it, it's it's weird to say community because people are like so loaded with the word community, right? But like no, like in the sense that it's like they are doing some kind of like group activity. Sex is a group activity. Yeah. With trans women and they're 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 learning things, right? They're learning these skills, and they're well, also sort of like you know becoming a part of this sort of system of norms that is you know different than sort of like cis hat hookup culture. Oh, and, yeah. you know, I think that maybe, like, maybe there are some sort of, like, norms from, like, you know, gay male hookup culture that get um, ported over, you know, either from, like, the fact that you're on Grinder, maybe some portion of those men are bisexual. Yeah. Some of these, some of these trans women, right, used to be gay men. Yeah. Um, even if they weren't, you know, I mean, like, yourself, but also, like, you know, there, I I know other like trans women who were gay men and did the whole gay male hookup culture thing. Yeah. Before. Oh, totally. I so, some of my dear friends have have histories of you know having a lot of gay male hookups um, before they transitioned. Um, but yeah, like these 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 chasers. Um, and I you know use that in the in a broad sense. Um, because I do think that we can distinguish between broader chaserdom and, like, the subset of really kind of awful fetishistic men. Yeah. Um, I, 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 do, I do identify as a trans amorous rights activist um, in, in my Twitter bio. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I do think there is a distinction to be made there. Um, but... In the broad sense, these chasers are in community with trans women. They are in a community that isn't the same as cishet, as, as like as, as cis heterosexuality. It's it's just not the same. Um, community is not like I don't want to like make community is not like a strong sense of community, right? Like we're not okay. talking about like. These are not people that you would like rely on if you, you know, needed something. I don't know. Maybe maybe you could ask them for like a ride to the airport if all your other friends were busy or something. I don't know. Yeah, Um, totally. But no, like like, they're there's very it's very they're not a part of the trans community. I should be very clear about that. Not every not every community does every single thing, right? You know, they're they they do a thing. It's yeah. Well, and I think you know, the the term trans community is also pretty fraught. But insofar as there is a trans community, they're not a part of it. Um, but they yeah. are 
in community with trans women, definitely. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the people that they interact with are trans women. Um, and sex is some of the most intimate social interaction you can have. Um, and, you know, some of these, especially the one I've been with the longest, he knows a lot about me. And, you know, I've told him things that I don't tell most people. Um, and he knows a lot about my my life as a trans woman, my life before transition, my experience of transitioning. Um, because, I don't know, you just talk about that stuff with people when you're that intimate with them. Um, and so they understand trans women. They don't understand trans women in the way that we understand ourselves, but they understand trans women more than broader cis society does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they I do think they're also a little gay. <laughs> um because I don't know, like I think that even if we just think about, you know, cis heterosexuality and the types of sex that cis heterosexuals have, um, and you know, the, the types of sex that are normative in their communities, um it's not the same types of sex that they're having that the chasers and trans women have. Um, there, there's a lot of overlap, obviously, because you're still man fucking a woman. Um, but you know, I mean, one of the most obvious things we have anal sex. Um, and you know, they like sucking my dick. Um, and those, they're not, I, I, you know, I, I also don't, you know, I, I would, I would like to put a caveat that there is no such thing, I think, as, like, an essence of heterosexuality. It's all socially constructed, obviously, but insofar as there is a societal conception of what heterosexual sex is, it doesn't usually include anal sex and a man sucking dick. <laughs> right? Right. And it's like... And there there are skills to that, right? Like, you could not take a man that is not doing those sorts of things and ask him to do them without instruction and have him do a good job at them. Well, exactly. Like, that's that's exactly why I stopped having sex with straight men who didn't have experience with trans women. Yeah. Like, if I, one of the, the one of my vetting questions when I talk to people on Grindr is, what kind of experience do you have with trans women? And if they have no experience... I'm more likely than not gonna not hook up with them. Because yeah. I don't, I don't, the, the whole reason I'm doing this is because I don't want to have to walk them through it. I don't have to, I, I don't want to have to deal with some guy, you know, 
doing a really bad job of sucking my dick. Um, because you know what? It's not fun for me, and yeah, I want to have sex that's fun. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm curious actually, because I one one thing I, I, I do kind of I kind of view the show as like sort of semi educational, right? And I, I would love if our conversation helps someone out there have better sex. What are your vetting questions? Like, what do you, you, you've mentioned a few times, right? That like, this seems to be a big one. Like, what's your experience with trans women like? Um, what else do you ask these men? Yeah, I usually, you know, I sort of like to start, I, I, I do it, try to do it sort of casually so that it's part of like the natural flow of conversation. But I do ask, you know, what kinds of sex do you like? Um, what would you do to me if I were in your bed right now? Because, you know, you can also kind of do it in, you know, kind of a sexy way. Like, right. you know, if I were in your bed right now, what would you do to me? And if they start talking about stuff that, like, doesn't sound fun to me, I'm like, okay, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, like, you know, and I, you know, ask. I mean, Personally, I'm really into BDSM, so he asks them, you know, what, if they like that, what their experience is with it. Um, and I also just like, you know, to learn a little bit about their lives outside of sex. Um, because frankly, like, just to get a sense of how someone is going to treat you, you need to understand a little bit about just their life. Um, and not, you know, not a lot, but, you know, if you just start talking about, you know, what you do for work or what, you know, your social life, whatever, um, you can learn a lot about how these men interact with others, how they interact with women. Uh, in particular, which is very important um, as a woman sleeping with a man. Um, and, like, I don't know, just if they seem normal. I also I also do like to, like, talk with someone for a few days over, like, just chat, like Grindr, or even, like, you know, you could text or Instagram message, whatever. Um, before I actually see them, because you just, you know, you can't get a good sense out of, of, of how someone's going to treat you just from one conversation. That's not to say I haven't had sex with someone the same day we started talking. I have definitely done that. But it's something that I, in general, try to avoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. No, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Those all make those all make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um Okay. Um I'm trying to think what other questions I had. There is there's still the which it's it's kind of a right turn. I, I just think it'd be funny to ask you. Yeah. Um, shoot. I, I I okay, yeah. Right. Like this is a thing that I mean I, I think it's it's kind of on its face too, but you see this idea, right, that 
most chasers or all chasers are are closeted trans women um <laughs> sometimes and <laughs> i don't know yeah like <laughs> so so obviously I, wrong i i think but i have slept with people who were repressing gender feelings mm-hmm. at least one at least one because i know they now identify as non-binary or whatever maybe they've progressed past that point i don't know we haven't kept in touch but um it is definitely a thing that exists obviously like there are people who you know whether they're trans women or non-binary or whatever um people who do have sex with trans women as a way of sort of dealing with their own repressed gender feelings. But it's definitely not been most of my experience. Um, and in fact, that wasn't even someone that I met on Grindr. We met on one of the straight dating apps. Um, yeah, like, mo- I, I do talk quite a bit with these men about gender and sexuality, and I learn a lot about them. Um, None of them are closeted trans women. I can say that with confidence. Um, they're very much men. And, well, s- some of them are bisexual, but most of them are actually very much straight men in particular. Um, in, in, in terms of how they, you know, identify and move through the world. And, you know, in, in terms of the types of communities that they live in. Mm-hmm. They're straight men. Um, yeah. And I don't think it does us much good to act as though they're all eggs in waiting. Right? Like. Yeah, no, it's. I just don't. I I just think you can have better sex when you're not trying to crack someone's egg yeah um yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah no i mean that's that's i think that that seems pretty obvious um yeah yeah i i think it's I don't know. I, I feel like it's a sort of it's a kind of silly um I don't know, like idea I see some trans girls having that like I mean I think one it's like a kind of like projective like they see something of themselves in that or they were that um prior to coming out and they Yeah, sort of, totally. It's there's there's, it's... there's there's this like weird thing that you see sometimes in like sexual discourse where people like don't realize that people are different and people have different tastes and different preferences and they're just like oh everyone likes what i like and yeah well and and i i actually would like i think to get a little into you know distinguishing broader chaserdom from the narrower subset of people who like are chasers in the negative sense um yeah because I know I know a lot of people like to lump them together, and I'm you know pro- people are probably listening to this thinking, 
you know, God, this chick is just, you know, a pick me trying to like defend chase her, her, you know, chaser's honor. But genuinely speaking, like, I don't think like a lot of these guys, especially the ones who like take me out on dates and whatever, they're just really nice guys. And they just happen to like chicks with dicks. Um, and I don't know, when you know what you want, I think you should pursue it. I can't fault them for that. Like, yeah. at, at the end of the day, we're both after the same thing. We both want to have good sex with people we find attractive. Um, and we want to have the, we want to have good, you know, a certain type of sex. Right, that is not, it's not symmetrical, right? Yeah. Like, you you need something different than what he needs, but you're able to provide the thing for each other. No, it, exactly. And, you know, and like what I was saying, like, sex with chasers is not the, like, a man having sex, sex with a trans woman, especially, you know, pre-op or whatever, um, of course, it's, you know, it's still having sex with a woman. It's very much that. It's very much straight sex, I think. But it's different from the type of sex that is normative among cis-heterosexuals. Very different in, in a yeah. lot of ways. Very similar in other ways. But, you know, the fact is that it's not the same type of sex. And I think that knowing what you want knowing that you want a certain type of sex and pursuing it is actually very healthy and there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and, you know, and I honestly think that, I don't know, like, of course I understand why so many trans women, you know, have a really strong hatred and dislike and, you know, and distrust of, men who pursue trans women because a lot of them are pieces of shit um but also a lot of men just treat women like shit in general and yeah it's not necessarily something about this particular type of man it's just a lot of men aren't good to women <laughs> and at the end of the day you just have to figure out how to filter those ones out um and you're not always going to be able to it's going to be trial and error but I would say, you know, like, it's no, that, like, they're not any worse than just normal straight men, like, as a group. Yeah. Um, and this is, a, this is a thing that I feel like is, you know, it's. I don't know. I, I, I've had my recently I've had this really profound realization, which is that I'm a feminist. Um oh, mood. But it's I, I feel like there's, you know, and, and it's primarily I think an online phenomenon. Uh, but like people get women and, and women that are, you know, in the LGBT whatever uh circle or whatever you want to call it, community. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's, like, this, like, real, like, sort of, like, right? And it's it's not like it's, you know, on, it's not like it's not based on something, right? Like, there's tons of un, 
shitty men out there. There's tons of shitty men out there. Yeah. But it's like there are also men that are just like decent guys. And it's like <laughs> you don't need to like, I don't know. Um there aren't really that many people that are like, you know, on the whole like fuck all men train, but like yeah. I feel like I feel like there is like a kind of broader cultural like bent that people should yeah. maybe just like try to like snap themselves out of. Like it's like men can be okay. Men can be men can be nice. Men can be like decent people. Yeah. Know? Well like at the end of the day just don't, you know for one, I don't think that this whole like man hating like obviously like the man hating brand of feminism is not a major cultural phenomenon. But it, yeah. is, it does have a lot of prominence online, and it does have a lot of prominence among trans women. And I and think for, it as, like, a myth is really, like, powerful. Like, it is The powerful. idea of it. The idea of it, even if people don't actually buy into it. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And, you know, and I've been on that train in the past, too. Um, but, like, I don't think that it's productive politically. And I also don't think it leads to good sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which are, I guess maybe we should distinguish those goals. Um, or maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I think it's it's worthwhile distinguishing them. But also at the same time, I think that, you know, having good gender politics and having good sex do kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Not like in, in a causative sense, but... If you have good gender politics, you're probably more likely to have good sex. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I just have good gender politics and I have good sex, so, you know. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> same. Yeah, um, but, like, I do think, you know, like, I don't know, when I when I tell trans women about fucking Chase, about how I fuck chasers, a lot of them, like, just react in this really... In, in this way where, where they don't understand why. Um, and, you know, they're like, well, all chasers are bad. And I'm like, well, they're not, though. Like, they're just men. And a lot of men are bad, but a lot of men are also nice. Yeah. And, like, good people and will treat you well. And I also think... I don't know. I think that this idea that any man who specifically seeks out trans women is not going to treat us well is not a good notion to uphold. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. Like, why is it, what is it about desiring trans women that makes that, like, says that, you know, they won't treat us well. Right. Like. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like, there, there's, like, people sort of, like, well, I think there's, like, right, you can, like, tell yourself a story, which is that, like, oh, trans women are, we're desperate or something, and therefore we have lower standards, and therefore men that want to treat a woman badly will pick out trans women. And it's like, you know, like, I'm not going to say that, like, has never happened in all of reality. Yeah, it happens. Of course it happens. But it's like, it's, 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 it's ever determined by the fact that, like, sometimes a straight guy wants to suck a dick, you know? Like. 
and that's like, also, that's just, or there's that's just like an aesthetic, like, like an aesthetic, like an aesthetic preference or something. Yeah, yeah. and that doesn't mean he's going to treat you badly. Like there, there are definitely men out there um, who you know don't really like you know. I I've slept with you know guys who don't really care if they get me off. Um, who you know don't treat me very nicely. You know, I sort of show up. We have sex, he comes, I don't, he asks me to leave. But you know what? I just don't have sex with them anymore. Like, it's like, okay, I've had a bad sexual experience with that guy, I'm not going to go back. Um, And that doesn't have to reflect on all of them, because I've had a lot of really good sex with men who desire me and actually, like, respect me and treat me well. Like, I don't know, my, my, like, primary lover, like, you know, I go over, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll go out for dinner, maybe, or maybe we won't, um, you know, I go over to his place, we have really good sex, we snuggle on the couch together and watch some TV, he gets me a drink, you know, um, we go to bed together, we wake up in the morning, he makes me breakfast, or we go for brunch. Like, you know, it's possible to have good sex with, like, decent guys who also just know that they want to have sex with trans women. Yeah. And, I don't know, I think, you know, I, I hope that if there's, like, one takeaway from this, it's that... You can and should, if if you're a trans woman who sexually desires men, you can have good relationships with men, you can have good sex with men, and you deserve to be treated well by men, and you deserve to have them, you know, take you out on dates and give you really good orgasms. Um, and some of those men, you know, like, I don't know, none of them are particularly woke. <laughs> I will say that, um, you know, like, I don't know that any of them has great politics, but, um, I don't know, like, they treat me well. And that's, at the end of the day, what matters most in sexual relationships. Yeah, like, that's what you're there for. You're not there to, to build the revolution. You're just... Yeah, exactly. I can do, build the revolution with other people. Yeah, do, do that with other people, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you notice, like, any, like, generational differences? between? Like, I have to imagine that, like, I don't know, like, are there's, like, in terms of, like, how they think about trans women or what they think of, like, sexuality between like the i don't know like you said you have like a 46 year old right and like a 20 and like a guy in the 20s like what what are the generational differences there that's an interesting question i haven't given it much thought in the past but there definitely is like a difference like i don't know like the 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 25 year old guy that i sleep with like he's bisexual he you know paints his toenails (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's. Oh my God, wait! I have a I have a toenail story. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, what? Tell me your toenail story. 
So I was at this, uh, this was like when I was like 15 or so. And I was at this like house show. It's like punk house show. And I had like posted something recently on Tumblr. I'd like been out as bi. But I like posted something on my Tumblr recently that like referenced it. And like someone I was, someone at this house show, like made reference to that and then was like, oh yeah, like this other person is queer of some sort too. And this person was a trans woman who, like, had not started transitioning and um, actually ended up being, like, the first trans woman that I knew IRL. Um, and then she, well, I guess he, he detransitioned recently. Um, and, wow. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't spoken to him in years, so I don't know what's going on. But he, <laughs> to the prompting of, like, oh, yeah, like, you're queer, too. He, like, took off his shoes and showed me his painted toenails. And I was just uh, like, <laughs> go off. Cool. Um, and that's that's the sort of start of a descent towards me realizing I'm trans. Um, kind of. Not really. It would have it happened anyways. But That's um, so funny. Yeah, there, there really is a thing about guys with painted toenails. Like, that, it's so funny. Like, it's way I, better than painted fingernails. Like, the toenails are, 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 are better. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. The I'm not going to say anything that will get me cancelled, but... <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely true that, like, I don't know, there's, like, these this very narrow range of, like, masculine gender nonconformity and it's so funny that painting toenails is just like a part of that but it is yeah um but you know yeah so like this this 25 year old you know he has his painted toenails he's bisexual whatever i don't know if he's ever like dated a man mm-hmm. he, he actually told me like he's only really into like feminine people um which is mostly women um but but some men i guess um and uh you know and like kind of he's not a leftist but you know he kind of like knows you know the woke lingo and whatever um versus like you know this 46 year old does not know the lingo very definitely not bisexual (laughs) um He's kind of like a gym daddy, honestly, which I think is hot. Um, but, you know, very much like a rugged... Also, most of these guys are tradesmen, I should say. Um, like the 46-year-old, he does waterproofing or something. Um, my my longest-term lover, he works in, um, like, electrical engineering. <laughs> Um, another one is, like, an electrician. Like, most of these guys are tradesmen, which is interesting. Yeah. I I don't really know in what way it's interesting, but, yeah. None of these guys who I've, like, been with has, like, an office job or whatever. Um, and and, and for what it's worth, I, I, I do have an office job. Um, and I have had guys that work hit on me really hard so you know i guess that's the thing but i choose not to get sexually involved with coworkers as a general rule yeah it seems like a good um yeah um 
Especially when some of them are married. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like I think actually it's funny because on my first date um, with my my longest term lover who who's thirty nine, um, he actually was trying to like use some of like you know the the like progressive talking points. He's like. You know, he actually told me, I don't think that bathrooms should be gendered. And I was like, okay, bro. Like, I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> um, he has since sort of dropped that whole thing because he realized that he doesn't need to perform that progressive. Not not that it's like, you know, that he said was lying to me. I don't think he was lying. It's just like, you know, we don't need to talk about bathrooms. Right. Um, you know, and yeah, like, it's just like, I guess, just a, a difference in the type of language people use and the types of, like, gender nonconformity that they allow themselves. I do, also, like, I, I will also say I do like very masculine men, so I don't tend to seek out particularly gender nonconforming men. Um, but... But there's definitely, you know, more of an adherence among the older ones to, you know, this very male, straight, gender role. Um, and not much knowledge of the lingo. Like, I had one of them who, like, it was uh, honestly a little bit offensive because he's, like, he was referring to, like, girls, like, using the word girls in a way that, like, apparently excluded me, which I didn't love. Um, oh, yeah. He's like, you know, yeah, like, I don't really, you know, I haven't slept with a girl in a long time, you know, like, minutes after he came in my asshole. <laughs> like, okay, well, sure. Um, and he was, I think, like, in his late 30s or something. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't know. Like, I, I would need to give it more thought, but there is definitely, like, a difference in the type of lingo and the type of, like identities that they I guess identify with mm. and I also think the older ones don't really think about their desire for trans women in any kind of serious way whereas the younger ones I feel like probably self-examine a little bit more on that front um, I don't know I would have to I would have to get a bigger sample size to make any any solid conclusions. Um but I, I, I do plan on, on getting a bigger sample size, so get back to you. <laughs> well we'll we'll check in after a couple more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well that sounds good. Well, we've been going for quite a while now and um I actually am supposed to be hopping onto another call uh shortly. Okay. But this has been lovely. Um, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your life and your experiences. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me on. This has been fun. Um, yeah. And you know, I'm I'm always happy to to speak publicly about my sex life. So. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll try to put together a panel. Um, because I I would be I I, I am I am curious about. I don't know. Um, I hope that you listen to the other uh, 
heterosexual episodes that I record um, once I release them. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank Uh, you so much for having me on. Um, It's really fun. Yes, thank you again. And and thank you to the audience for listening. I hope that you've all enjoyed the show. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter. You can uh, donate to the Ko-fi link if you're so inclined. Um, I'm working on a live show, which might actually have already have happened by the time that I release this. I'm not sure when I'm going to release this. I'm kind of stacking up the uh order of or I'm I'm stacking up a bunch of episodes that are going to be released way in the future from when I'm recording this uh just because I can only release so many episodes a week um and without overflowing people so yeah just uh I don't know keep your eyes to the Twitter page for updates and I'm trying to do more fun things with the show um and yeah that that's it thank you Finally, the last word to Medway. Thank you. Thanks.